Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. beautiful podcast coven we are back with you for another episode of turns out she's a witch Everybody. and it's just me and laura today <laughs> i jumped in there early yes it is <laughs> back and in we are getting very close to the end of season three which is yeah. crazy yeah we've only got this week and next week left before we have a little break over christmas and we're going to come back on the 31st of january we've decided yeah. Yeah, summer, <laughs> summer school holidays off, and that's right. Yeah, it's busy time of year, so bit of time away from this. Um, and in the meantime, we'll be gathering content and ideas and inspiration. So keep those coming in. Although we won't be releasing podcasts on the weekly, we'll be doing all the sort of work behind the scenes to bring you another season in the new year. All the planning and the yes. scheming. <laughs> scheming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So today's ep is all about summer and winter solstice because we are getting to that time of year as well. Yes. So here in the Southern Hemisphere, we are nearing the peak of our beautiful summer energy at Letha, which is also known as Midsummer. And for our cousins in the North, they are nearing the peak of winter and gearing up to celebrate Yule. So it's that time in the wheel when things shift again and for us the days start to get shorter again, which is a shame. (laughs) (laughs) I've just gotten used to them stretching out. Same here. And for our witches in the north, the light starts to return. So, yeah, that's where it's all at. That's where it's all at and it's like dark opposites. I mean, it's like stating Mm. the obvious, but there's something about the height of summer in the the middle of winter that's... um, really chalk and cheese it really is I know even um, my cousins in the UK I'm seeing you know their posts on Facebook of them getting prepared for Christmas and um, it's snowing and I'm like wow (laughs) it looks pretty I'm not gonna lie though this is my favorite season right now that we're in I love it when the sun's out and the air's warm and the flowers Mm. and everything I could live in this weather all year long I'd be very happy (laughs) <laughs> we were just commenting on today it's like one of those perfect yeah bright blue sky days it's yep weather wise yeah yeah weather wise it's just postcard picture perfect mm, so I'm locking this is. away in the memories um and especially in recent years we've had floods we've had fires um and right now it just seems to be a fairly stock standard typical summer day. So just drinking it in, soaking it up and locking it away in the memory vault. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. It's beautiful. Although mm. yesterday was a little bit, how's your father? It was, um, I, don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you got that windstorm. We had yeah. like that crazy, like out of yep. nowhere, this like, it was like gale force. 
black and the rain. thunder, yeah. Yeah. absolutely piercing down rain for about an hour, but by yeah. the afternoon it was sunny again. But like, that's a okay. typical summer <laughs> thunderstorm as well, and I love that too. Actually, Maya, so you and I exercised in the morning with our beautiful friends at Transform yeah. with Laws, as we do on Mondays, but um, we were driving home from that and we saw the clouds my my mm-hmm. youngest and I saw the clouds and I said to Maya oh it's gonna there's gonna be a storm because you can feel it can't you yeah and, it was so humid. And she, yeah and both my girls love running out in the storm and like being absolute wild childs in the rain and so she's like mommy can I run out and I was like oh. sure so as soon as it started teeming down with water she was out there I love that. squealing and having the best fun yeah she came in soaked and just jumped in the bath. I ran her a bath and she went in fully clothed to that. Like she's so carefree, wild and free. It's beautiful. So I'm just soaking this in as well because she's a, she starts school next year. So yeah. it truly is the last sort of childhood summer days right now. It's beautiful. Aww. But, yeah, she was a wild child in the summer storm. <laughs> that is beautiful. I want to mm. do that. Next time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, be like Maya. Be like Maya, everybody. Yeah, Maya. And if it was in, because it was in school uh, school hours, so when we picked Luce up from school, that was the first, like that was her news for the day for Big Sister was that I ran around in the storm and Luce oh. goes, I would have got in trouble at school if I'd done that. Yeah, true. <laughs> so that's what true. I felt like. And they said, yeah, we're storm sisters. <laughs> oh, that's that so, so cute. That's so cute. It's so funny though. I'm just driving along going, Oh, this is cute. <laughs> Little baby witches. Absolutely. Right there. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, that was our day. <laughs> A wonderful day. It sounds yeah. good. Those summer storms do come rolling through. That's so typical, isn't it? When you've got that heat and then the, I don't know, whatever the weather patterns are, but that's a thing. Mm. Loved it. Loved it, loved what? it, loved it. <laughs> If I had more presence of mind, I would have been out there with jars of water. You inspired me one time you were talking about. You've caught storm water before, haven't you? I have caught storm water, yeah. When uh, this build was going on for the house and taking Mm. 500 years, I went and captured lightning water. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Move things along. So I then put that on the thresholds of all the... Yeah, the building site. And I was Love like, it. come on. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, in a past episode. And I just have forever got this image of you out there holding Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to get struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> so I do remember that. It does give me a little chuckle. You've inspired me. I'm just glad I live on a property and my neighbours can't see me when I do things yeah. like that. <laughs> That's a bonus. It's <laughs> such a bonus. It really is. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. I've gone way off tangent here. I do have questions that I need to ask you about. So you've mentioned that we're talking about Letha. We're talking about Yule and we're going to cover Letha first for yes. us in the Southern, right? Uh-huh. So <laughs> getting back on topic, Shannon, can you tell me what the main themes of Letha are? Well, it's our longest day of the year and yeah. a time to celebrate the light and the joy. So it's happening for us on Thursday the 22nd at 8.48 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, just mm-hmm. to be specific. Mm-hmm. And it's the time to honour the sun's energy at its peak, ask for healing, illumination, expansion, and one last joyful summer celebration before we dip back into the cooler months ahead. Mm. Okay, so making the most of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so Letha, um, 
with associations to honour the season and Mm -hmm. colours and crystals and herbs that we can honour this time in. Can you just touch on those? For sure. So you might want to incorporate these either into your altar, into your home. Mm. Obviously, we're coming up to good old Christmas, so maybe (laughs) sprinkle some of this through there too for us. Nice. Um, But the colours are red, orange, yellow, green, white and gold. So they are kind of Christmas colours, even though they're very, um, even though it's leafa, but it's, (laughs) yeah, it's all those bright, abundant. Yeah. The rich, I can't find my words today. The rich and the hot, glowing. <laughs> fertile. Fertile. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Sunny, hot, fertile, growth. That's what I kind of think of. Yeah. And, mm. um, I think of Letha. And then you've got your crystals, tiger's eye, bloodstone, carnelian, citrine, red jasper, and clear quartz. So once again, all of those fiery mm. base chakra kind of mm. crystals and colours. And then your herbs and essential oils. You've got beautiful daisies. Who doesn't love a daisy? Our sunflowers, oh, so yeah. tiger lilies, rosemary, calendula, black-eyed Susan, sandalwood, and frankincense. Mm, black-eyed Susan. I have to look that one up because I have no idea what that is. You will know it. As soon as you look at it, you'll know what they are. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. I reckon. Maybe I know I reckon. A, maybe I know a different name for it. I don't know. But now Possibly. I wish I could just freeze this and go have a look and cheat. I won't. <laughs> I'm so tempted. But I'm thinking I might get my crystals that you've just read, the ones that I have of that. And I've got a beautiful, it's actually hanging on the wall, the mirror, the sun mirror. Mm, gonna, that's gorgeous. I'm going to put them on that. That's from Peru. My mum bought that oh, back for wow. me. Yeah, and that's um, in celebration of the Incan sun god, Inti. Yeah, so that's like his headdress. Um, but I might get my crystals on that out in the sun and really oh, bake charge them. them up. Yeah, charge yeah. them up with that beautiful summer sun. Just thinking out loud. <laughs> I love that idea. You need to take a photo. Oh, I will. I will. To our Instagram of that because that is beautiful, that mirror. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I want a bigger one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So foods, Shannon, what sort of leafy foods can we celebrate with? We've got berries, cheese, tropical fruit, fish, herbed potatoes, honey and salads. That sounds perfect. I know, right? Yeah. Who's cooking that for me because I will be there. Yeah. Just your (laughs) typical, oh, like fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. Mm, this time of year too so nice because it's all in season obviously so get it out and eat and feast and okay so symbolism associated with Letha what sort of symbols represent Letha here well I love that you just brought up your beautiful sun mirror because the sun so anything that depicts the sun yeah whether that's you know little ornaments or statues paintings drawings tarot cards yeah get some sunshine uh a sword because you've got that masculine energy sure yeah beautiful bees because bees are all about fertility and abundance Mm. and honey and you know flitting from flower to flower Mm. and basically anything that you align with fertility that masculine energy abundance and sunshine so get creative 
Yeah, it sounds like a fun one to incorporate with kids as well. Mm, How often, you know, when kids are learning to draw, it's a sun and it's, you know, a tree and (laughs) flowers. One of the first things we learn to draw, isn't it? A sun. Mm. I remember drawing the sun over the Mm. little house and yeah yeah the tree and all those colors yeah I know it's such a stock standard thing it, it really probably is. speaks volumes of how I'm sure somehow we're conditioned along the way but <laughs> we won't go down that rabbit hole we'll keep it light and summery and beautiful and warm so deities associated with Letha we've got the hope a hoke oh it's a hope and hot <laughs> Cannot talk today. Oak and Holly Kings. Oh, oh, Oak and Holly Kings. Right. Or you can just call them the Hoke. The Hokes. <laughs> you made a word up. Nice. I did. Uh, and they are Celtic. You've got the Egyptian sun god Ra. You've got the Roman goddess Vesta and the Norse goddess Sol. Mm-hmm. So there's some good ones for you. And there's probably a billion other sun gods and goddesses out there. So that is literally a little drop in the ocean for you but, but that's a yeah. nice little little selection yeah. exactly in the the incan sun god inti so there you go yeah. there's another one <laughs> beautiful he must be with us today brought him up be. twice now oh okay well speaking of celebrations what can we participate in this time of year well you've got the usual i sound like a broken record Bonfires, feasting, feasting, music and reflection on all that you're grateful for because this is like the peak time of things have come to fruition at the peak Mm -hmm. of summer and, you know, all those seeds we planted back in the depths of winter, you should be seeing things coming to life right now. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that's so important, reflecting, being able to stop and reflect and take it all in. So important. It yeah. really is. And I feel like this time of year too, it's, yeah, you know, you're getting to the end of another year. So it's always yeah. a time, I think, to stop and think yeah. back and think, okay, what did I set out to achieve this year or what did I dream of and what's kind of come to pass or what do I still need to work on or, yeah, yeah it's a, a good time to do it before we step into another new year. Yeah, powerful time, so important. Mm. So that could almost be a ritual in and of itself is that self-reflective journaling or just thought processing and all that sort of stuff. Are there Mm. any other rituals that you can share with us with regards to Letha? There sure are. So you can actually start on Midsummer's Eve, so the night before Letha, and it's said to be an evening of joy and mischief when the fairies are very, very active in the garden. Oh, I love how you've woven fairies into this. Of course. And so you can leave traditional offerings for them, like of strawberries, milk and honey, and it's also a great night for divination as well. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And then... Get your ass out of bed early and watch that giant ball of fire rise in the sky (laughs) and light a candle and think about all that has come to fruition this year and soak in as much of the light as you can on the longest day of the year. Mm. It's just good for the soul, I feel. Mm. And, And also at midday you can make some solar water by leaving a jar or bottle out under the sunshine and use this in your spell work or drink it to embrace body that peak fire motivational energy 
and a good thing to do at this time of year as we are heading into a new one. So really embodying that mm. bright light and the that energy. Yeah. I really mm. can't find my words today. I'm doing a lot of gesturing to you. I, which is so good. I'm having the bestest, <laughs> most funnest time. I should be screenshotting this for our socials. <laughs> but it is a pair to my, for my eyes, my eyes only, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Thank you so much. Oh but I know gosh. what you mean, like soaking in that brilliant, yeah. powerful yes. energy. It's a time, I think, in. of action, isn't it, summer? It's Yeah. You know, you're out there. Usually we're way more social at this time of year Mm. and, yeah, it's just that peak. That's what I was thinking about when you were mentioning Mm. the bees as well because they're worker bees and they work together, but, yeah, they're working the entire time. You know, they're doing their job and they're so productive and they make such a beautiful um, product. I don't know. There's there's a better word than product for it. They they don't make it for us, but we certainly use it. So it's nice to be able to be grateful for that as well. The cyclic mm. nature of everything. And like you were saying, just making the most of this point in time. So, yeah. Yep. I love how you were suggesting um, wake up to see the sunrise and get as much sun mm. as possible. That's a long bloody day because the sun's rising. He's super early and it's setting well after eight. So, yeah. Yeah. If you could get your eyeballs on the sunrise, and yeah. the sunset on Leap oh. that'd be amazing. Yeah, that would I'd be amazing. i try and do that. Yeah. Do that. Mm. Oh, share your photos, your sunrise and your sunset photos. Um, what date is that again? Did you say the 22nd? It's the 22nd, yes. So I just before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing myself a reminder note as I go right now. It'll be yeah. in my diary as well because we've got beautiful Stacey's diary. So we do, we do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, speaking of, uh, well, it reminds me of Stacey. This following, this final question is all about the um, mythology to share for Letha because we know our friend Stacey loves mythos. So what have you mm-hmm. got, Shan? I know you love it too. I do love it. Well, I've already covered the Holly and Oak King story yeah. and their everlasting battle throughout the solstices. So today I was thought I would talk about the Norse goddess Sol mm. because from what I understand, I think a lot of um, sun deities are normally masculine, not feminine. So yes. She got my attention. Love it. Now, this information is from mythology.net, so thank you to them for this amazing rundown on whose soul is. Nice. So in the beginning of time, when the cosmos was being created, so too were the Nordic goddess Sol brought into the universe along with her brother, Manny. I think it's Manny, M-A-N-I. Mm-hmm. Initially, the role of the siblings wasn't clear, but after they created daytime and night and also the phases of the moon, Sol and her brother were assigned to their destiny. At a meeting of the existing gods, Sol was anointed the goddess of the sun and many the god of the moon. Sparks were gathered by the gods from, oh, I'm going to really bugger this up, <laughs> Muspelshim, Muspelshim, the land oh. of fire. These like Norse words get me every Tricky. time. <laughs> so apologies in advance. <laughs> and the sun, moon and stars were created. Sol was to ride in the sky in a chariot drawn by her horses, Arvak, which translates to early riser. 
and Olfin, meaning swift. They raced quickly across the skies as they were being chased by Skoll, an evil wolf. So the origin of Sol, according to the Prose Edda, written by Icelandic scholar Snorri Sturluson in the 13th century, Mundalfari was the father of Sol and her brother Meni. Sol was so beautiful, Mundalfari named her after the sun and Meni was named for the moon. The gods were collectively irritated by the arrogance of Mundalfari in his choosing of the children's names and decided to force Sol to drive the chariot of the sun as punishment for his conceit. Svalin rode with the goddess in the chariot and held a shield between her and the earth below to prevent the land and the sea being consumed by flames. On occasion, the wolf's skull would get close enough to the chariot to risk a nip at the goddess, causing a solar eclipse. Ooh! Yeah. And so the family of Sol, there are, the family varies between different Nordic mythology literature sources. There is an agreement that Sol was the daughter of Mondafari. I really hope I'm, or Mun, Mundilfari, anyway. I'm just going to say that. Oh, look, you're doing your best. <laughs> you're doing far better than what I could be. I take my hat off to you, Shannon. So who is proposed as neither as either a Norse giant or a human, depending on the writings referred to. Her brother is agreed to be Manny, the god of the moon, whose chariot was also chased by a wolf, this time one named Haiti across the evening sky. Their sister, Synthgant, is the goddess of the flow of time and of the shifting power. There is little mention of her in the literature, but it is known that she was considered magical and powerful and could be terrifying at times. There is another discrepancy regarding Sunna. Some say Sana is another name for the goddess Sol and that they are actually one and the same, while others claim that Sana was the daughter of the goddess. The husband of Sol was Glenna, which means opening in the clouds. Little else is known about him. Hmm. So historical influence during Ragnarok, so you would have heard of Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods, which in Norse mythology is the end of the world. Sol is finally swallowed by the wolf skull along with the sun and the earth submerges into waters. Ragnarok is a major event in the legends of the Norse. A huge battle occurs along with a series of natural disasters that consume the world. Only two humans and a few gods survive. Subsequently, a new world rises and is rejuvenated and fertile. The reborn gods meet once again and Sanna, the daughter of Sol, now even outshines her mother. Norse mythology reflects a fundamental belief in opposites and the dual nature of the world. The story of Sol and her counterpart, the chasing wolf, Skoll, is a clear example of the ancient religion's take on metaphysical duality. So modern influence, unlike in the mythology of other cultures, the goddess of the sun was not a major focus of the Norse people. The oldest known documents about the Germanic pagan religion are called the Mesberg Incantations. Written in Old High German are two medieval spells or incantations. They are stored in the Cathedral of Mersberg, Germany, hence their name. The incantations reveal that Sol was honoured as a deity of protection and victory in addition to as the goddess of the sun. She was also a healer. Despite being somewhat of a lesser goddess of the legends, Sunday, Sunadaga, originated as a specific day in her honour. It is said that in Norway, the land of the midnight sun, 
where the sun stays high in the sky for 10 weeks, soul is emphasising her power. Um, and that is it. That is soul. Wow. How long yeah. did you just say the sun stays high in the uh, northern in hemisphere, Nor- did you say? Yeah, in Norway, 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah, so it doesn't even peak. get dark. No, no. I've seen um, videos of like it kind of goes high and then low yeah. on the horizon, but it never Still actually there. sets. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, love it. It'd be such an extreme to live in a place like that. Um, mm. Yes, you'd because really I can feel imagine. That duality, like in yeah. their winter, that they would have yeah. complete darkness as well. Complete opposite. Mm. Whoa. So cool. Yeah. So, so cool. And thank you for all those long names. You did so, oh, so well. <laughs> I apologize. And especially today, like I'm already getting my words mixed up just because. <laughs> well, Shannon, you've got about... a lot of your plate. Yes. You've got a live a, update. Yeah. Yep. A pottery release tonight that I'm still battling with my website. But yeah, we'll get there. Motoring forwards. <laughs> It's just that time of year. I think everyone's just so busy right now and yeah, lots on their plate. But never been busier there. and never been more ready for a bit of a break. So the yep. two often don't fit well together. No. <laughs> but here you are. So thank you so much. We're getting it done. It's a little bit later than normal, but we are doing it. And look yes. at all of this goodness you're sharing. So thank you so much. I think we're going to, we're ready now to move down or up to the Northern Hemisphere and Yule, is that correct? That is correct. Lovely. So can you tell us about the main themes of Yule? So it is winter solstice or midwinter and the longest night of the year. So it's a time to celebrate the returning of the light, the sun and warmth, and your days can only get brighter from this point on. And it's also a strong reminder that after death there there is always a rebirth. Mm. And I must say, I really, really do want to experience a white Christmas just once in my life. I think it would be so beautiful. I was only having this conversation with someone the other day about, um, like, I love our Christmases, don't get me wrong, but just to have that total shift, you know, and because, you know, you grow up watching Christmas movies and stuff and the snow and having hot chocolate chocolate by a fire and all that and it's like that is like the last thing we want to do in Australia. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a while to realise that people, that is people's Christmases. It was so confusing. Were you confused growing up? Because I know I was. <laughs> like you see all this Christmas messaging of snow and then it's not your reality and you're like people do live like this but it's nowhere near us and then learning yeah. about Northern Hemisphere and Mm. all the differences it's so eye-opening isn't it to see and I think these days it might be a little bit better but certainly when we were growing up there was everything just came from the north and especially especially America but yeah definitely European influences there as well so it was oh 100% even like Christmas cards would have snowmen on them and yeah Yeah. like all this snow kind of theme thing and the Christmas movies all the Christmas movies are you know that wintry theme so yeah it's just everywhere isn't it it is and then our reality is like 40 degrees stinking hot yeah air conditioning on yeah we were very fortunate that you know 
we'd go to my cousin's house. They had a pool, so we'd be in the pool oh, nice. all day yeah. and yeah. sunburnt and oh, sunburned. Yeah. Not good. Um, Please be responsible. No, yes, that's true. <laughs> but I must admit, um, I think because my mum's family are from Scotland, yeah, we always had the baked dinner for Christmas lunch, even though it was forty freaking degrees. Yeah, mum would do the full like baked dinner spread. True, for our lunch. Yeah, because I think that's just what yeah. they'd always done. Um, yeah, and it's only been in recent years. Since, you know, sadly my grandparents have passed and, uh-huh. and now me and my siblings take turns in doing Christmas oh. that it's turned into salads and prawns yep. and yep. that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like I'm not cooking a roast mm-hmm. in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah. So being Scottish, did your mum enjoy haggis? Uh, no. Did you have she that loves, growing up? We didn't, no, no. She never was much of a fan of haggis, but oh. um, she loved black pudding. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. blood sausage. <laughs> but yeah, she that was her jam. Her and my pop love black pudding. It's pretty mm. tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I fully embraced the cuisine when we lived there for a while, and we loved haggis. It just tasted like gourmet mints, really, like herby mints with a bit of like oatmeal-y sort of stuff through it. That's what it tasted yeah. like. I'm sure all the real. Scottish haggis eaters would be like, it's nothing like that, Lara. But <laughs> as someone with no idea eating it, that's what it tasted like. It was bloody beautiful. So, yeah, oh. we got treated to some beautiful food while we were there. We've had one white Christmas over there and just amazing in a beautiful town called Aviemore. And they oh, had beautiful. the Christmas parade or Christmas Eve and there was real reindeer and oh, it's the wow. first time I ever saw them up close and their antlers look like velvet and, oh, it was just, yeah, super, super special. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. memories. I love and, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I told you about my haggis experience when I was over there with mum. Oh, I, don't, I can't recall. Is it for the oh. podcast? you got to share it now. <laughs> yeah, I'll share it now because I don't think Excellent. this particular cousin listen to this anyway. <laughs> Sorry if you do. It's going to get shared with them now. It's like bait. You're baiting them. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I'm like very fussy meat eater. Like I eat meat, but I'm, I'm not a massive fan of it. Yeah. I've always been the same. Even as a little girl, I was mm. a nightmare. You know, <laughs> if I saw a vein in something, there's like, that's it. I can't oh, eat I'm it. I'm be saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a bit fussy like that. But <laughs> we stayed with cousins. I won't locate them. <laughs> but in, in, Scotland, in Scotland somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And they were so beautiful to us. But on our last morning there, they'd done the full big, like, Scottish breakfast cook up. Okay. Like that included. Breakfast haggis and black yep. pudding because mm-hmm. they'd heard that me and my sister hadn't tried haggis before and then new mum loved black pudding. So yeah. um and there was also another thing, oh what's it called? Square sausage. Square oh, sausage. Yeah? It's kind yeah. of like spam. Yeah. Um so yeah they cooked it up and like served it to us and I was so proud of it and I just could not eat the bloody haggis. <laughs> and I felt <laughs> like I should and then my sister's putting her haggis on my plate and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm just laughing thinking it's really funny so I didn't know what to do so I put it in my handbag no because didn't yeah I just got a napkin and like wrapped it like quickly when they weren't looking and shoved it in my handbag (gasps) oh but that day we were flying out of Edinburgh (laughs) to go back to England and I forgot about the haggis in my handbag until I got to the airport right and was going through and thank God, notice the haggis. 
before what? I got on the plane. It, so did the x-ray notice it? Or no, you no, thank remember? God I remembered oh, okay. the last minute and pulled it out of my handbag and put it in the bin. But, yeah, it was funny. It was like, oh, God, could have, yeah, smuggled some haggis. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say I completely forgot about it. It wasn't until the smell a couple of days later that reminded me about the haggis, but thank goodness yeah, that's no, not how I remembered. No, oh. but anyway. Well, what a waste. Well, that's my haggis story. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do you it. Could... <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful and polite that you put it in a serviette and put it in your handbag. You didn't just say, no, Save thank it. you, not my thing. I couldn't. I'm so proud of it. But anyway, I love their whiskey. They, they'd ply us with whiskey every night. That I'm up for that anytime. But the, the haggis, no thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> That's fair, each to their own, but that's yep. hilarious. <laughs> anyway, um, we're totally off topic now. <laughs> I don't even know how we got onto it. I don't even think we've done much of this Yule celebration. We've done nothing. No, we'll talk about Christmas. We'll talk about Christmas. So. Which is the main themes? Did we do that? Or have no, I asked you about the um, main themes? I know you did. Yep, we did that. Yeah. So. And then the associations to honour the season. So what sort of colours and crystals and herbs are associated with Yule? Well, you've got, oh, I bet you can't guess this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Red, green, white, silver, gold, all the beautiful traditional Christmas colours. So same and as Letha. Yeah, very similar, except Letha, you've got like your orange in Oh, there yes, the warmy yeah, ones. Sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then your crystals, you've got clear quartz, bloodstone, garnet, emerald, and ruby. Mm. And your plants and essential oils, you've got mint, rosemary, pepper, cinnamon, cedarwood, orange, frankincense, clove, and myrrh. Oh, gosh. Sounds amazing. What a selection. Mm. Mm. Flavory and Christmassy. That ultra would smell so good. Mm. That really would. So good. Um, aside from haggis, which foods <laughs> can we prepare and eat to celebrate Yule? You've got fruitcake, ale, mulled wine, pork, roast root vegetables, and, of course, eggnog. Oh, yes. I know our friend Tracy's made eggnog before and it's bloody delicious. That's the only time I've ever tried it, actually. Mm. Do you like some when eggnog? we have our little? I've had really bad eggnog. I don't think it okay. was a good one because yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Mm. But yeah, I need Tracy to make some. When we yeah, get our little Christy catch up. That'd be awesome. We'll put our request in now. Tracy, <laughs> listening. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. And so, um, symbology what are the main symbols of yule that we could incorporate into our altars and anything else that we felt that way inclined with we've got your holly and your mistletoe and also sun and light so a perfect way to incorporate that is just using candles oh that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. no. light all the candles yeah I wanted to, it make, It reminds me actually, I want to look up mistletoe because I know that's the one that you stand under and you're meant to kiss and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I wanted yes. to, I had intended to look that up to just learn more about that tradition. So that's some homework that I might get to you to put over on our socials maybe. Mm. I'll write myself a note. <laughs> for sure, for sure. 
And what about uh, celebrations for you? Well, apart from the usual feasting and drinking of eggnog, I can't go past the little tradition of writing your dreams and wishes for the warmer months ahead onto little slips of paper, folding them up and popping them into the dried pine cone and then casting that into the fire, knowing that the smoke takes all of your wishes into the other worlds. And pine cones hold the energy of rebirth, immortality, purification and inner strength. Oh, wow. Do they now? That sounds like a beautiful thing to do either on your own or as a family as well to all contribute to that one. Mm. It is. It's a really, really lovely ritual. Love it. pine cones are so Christmassy, aren't they? Super Christmassy. My Mm. Pinterest is full of that at the minute. The second I go into it, it's definitely that Yule pine cone. It's so, it looks beautiful and you can add to it. Oh, love it. All right, so deities associated with Yule. You've got the Holly and Oak Kings. Yeah. Bridget, Dagda, who is Celtic, St Nicholas. Yeah. That's a Christian. Oh, actually it's pagan from the background, but, yeah, Christian. Yeah. Uh, Isis, Egyptian, and Odin from the Norse pantheon. Nice. There's some good ones. Oh, some really good ones. Mm. And I was going to go into St. Nicholas, but I think I have a feeling we already did that like yeah. season one. So I'll have to go back and have a look at, to look at that. But anyway. Yeah. Well, that's good. There's already there's already work there to share for there those is. that haven't. Dial back and you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And what kind of rituals can we do to honour Yule aside from our pine cone scrolls? <laughs> Well, decorating the Yule tree and feasting, singing, lighting the Yule log and yeah. also gift giving, which is such a huge part of Yule slash Christmas. I remember you talking about the Yule log as well. You shared a story in a past episode about the one that you did. It must have been a year ago mm. or even two years ago now, I can't remember, but you had a big one, didn't you, from some timber that you were clearing from your property. and Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you kept that ash too, you little witch, didn't you? I do. I keep yeah. a lot of ash from different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember it quite well, actually, coming to think about it. All right, so are you ready, Shannon, to um, extend your vocabulary and pronunciation skills yet again <laughs> and share some mythology around you for us? I am, and... As you know, Isis has been coming up for me time and time again lately, so I thought it was high time we spoke of her mythos. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, and from my trusty book of Encyclopedia of Spirits, and I'm sure this is literally like the tip of the iceberg in regards to Isis's story, but I know, um, yeah, it's time to talk about her. It's time to talk about her. Take the floor. I shall. (laughs) So Isis is also known as the Great Lady, Queen of the Earth, Light Giver of Heaven, Mistress of Magic, the many named Queen of the Throne, She Who is Rich in Spells, Great of Sorcery, Star of the Sea, and the One Who is All Mother of Gods. Mm. So there's some pretty amazing names there and show you just how powerful she is. So as I said just before, her origin is Egypt, and Isis may be the most venerated goddess on the earth. Venerated in Egypt for thousands of years, her worship eventually spread 
from East Africa throughout Western Asia and Europe as far as England's Thames River. Isis is so multifaceted that the Greeks identified her with Aphrodite, Artemis, Demeter and Persephone. The myth of Isis and Osiris, her beloved twin brother and soulmate, is among the most beloved of all romantic tragedies. Isis is the lady of many names and many forms. She's the beautiful, young, privileged princess and the grieving, poverty-stricken widow dressed in rags. She's the greatest sorceress on earth in possession of the ineffable name, the most powerful word in creation and the poverty-stricken single mother in hiding, forced to beg to feed herself and her son. Isis may be the unnamed narrator of the Gnostic poem Thunder, Perfect Mind. And I did actually Google that poem and it's very, very long, so I'm not going to read it out. <laughs> but Google it, Google it. Mm, so it's okay. called Thun- Thunder, Perfect Mind. I'll put that in the show notes, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's worth a read. Okay. Great. So Isis is the most compassionate of deities because she has lived the life of an oppressed woman and she's the most powerful because as mistress of magic, she knows all and can do all. Isis can resurrect the dead and can bestow the gift of fertility. She heals the ailing and protects travellers at sea. There is no miracle that she cannot perform. Isis was a relatively late goddess to appear in Egypt, first emerging in the Nile Delta but rapidly becoming one of the most beloved. Like Hathor, with whom she was identified, Isis is a cow goddess. Her devotees traditionally refrain from consuming beef. Veneration of Isis was officially introduced to Rome in 86 BCE, where she became extremely popular. Unlike other religions, hers was open to all, including women and slaves. Her spiritual tradition developed a bad reputation in conservative Rome because of its alleged lusty behaviour. Lusty. And was was legally suppressed at least five times between 59 and 48 BCE. Even after uh, abolition of paganism, Veneration of Isis was extremely persistent. Her last official temple on the southern Egyptian island of Philae survived until 537 CE when Narsus, commander of Emperor Justinian's Egyptian troops, ordered it shut. Votive statues of Isis, um, her brother and Min were confiscated and sent to Constantinople. Temple clergy were imprisoned. The walls of the shrine, previously adorned with images, were whitewashed and the temple was then converted into a Christian church. Although Isis is mainly identified with with ancient Egypt, the Romans carried her veneration throughout Europe. She became extremely popular in Gaul and was, for a substantial period, the preeminent goddess of Paris. Hmm. Paris was considered her city. Isis was among the last pagan deities to be actively venerated as she was perceived as a primary competitor by early Christians. In Lucius Apuleius's 2nd century CE Roman novel, The Golden Ass. (laughs) (laughs) For real? For real, The Golden Ass, as in A-double-S. Ass. (laughs) The Golden Ass. (laughs) Isis tells the narrator that only Egyptians and Ethiopians call her by her true name, but that she has countless names to which she answers. This may have been a tactic 
way of giving devotees permission to venerate her in other forms and under other names. Many believe that Isis assumed the mask of Mary, mother of Christ. The earliest Christian statues of Mary were refurbished, named, renamed statues of Isis, which I was not aware of. Um, much cool. Marian iconography is based on that of Isis. Many of Isis's titles were bestowed on Mary as, for instance, Stella Maris and Mother of God. Statues of Isis also travelled the Silk Road and may eventually have evolved into Kuan Yin. So her favoured people, well, it's everybody, but especially women, single mothers, orphans, occultists and mariners. And Isis is an incredible magician and can take on any form she chooses. She may manifest as a cow, a kite or a swallow. She may appear as a beautiful queen, a pregnant woman, or a woman absolutely devastated by grief. And Isis is portrayed in many forms. Traditional images of Isis are the prototype for the modern Madonna and child, a woman frequently carved from black stone, which in Egyptian cosmology represents eternal life, holds a nursing baby to her breast. She wears a crown topped by a throne, which is the meaning of her name, or a crown of horns cradling the full moon. The Louvre Museum in Paris possesses a rare terracotta image of the beautiful Isis weeping for her true love. And her spirit allies, um, Isis is frequently accompanied by an entourage of spirits, including Anubis, Heket, Min, Bess, Selkit, and the Scorpion Guardians. She's a friendly, gregarious spirit, and we'll share her altar. Mm. And her emblem is the Tyat amulet, also known as the Buckle of Isis or Blood of Isis. It's a protective amulet usually formed from cornelian or red glass and represents the goddess's menstrual blood. And her colours are black and blue. Her element is water. And what else? Her planet is the moon. Her constellation is Virgo. And this, I found this really interesting too. Um, an Egyptian name for the star Sirius, you would have heard about Sirius, um, is Sothis and it translates to soul of Isis. And what else is there here? Oh, and her sacred site. So there is a theory that the name Paris derives from Par-Isis, meaning the Barak or grove of Isis. In Roman times, Isis had a temple at the western limits of the city, the marshes on the left bank of the Seine. The churches of St. Solspice and St. Germain des Prix are built over sites that were once dedicated to Isis. And traditionally, Isis accepts offerings of milk, honey, flowers, incense, and candles. Interesting. So, so interesting. I just want to know more now. I do too. And what I found especially interesting was when you said, as so far as the Egyptian gods and goddesses, she was one of the last. Yeah. 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 One of the most venerated. Mm, and widely spread by the sound of it. it yeah. Like she ended up everywhere in most continents. So pretty cool. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. It's just, um, yeah. I loved it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That was a lot. It was a lot. I didn't want to cut it down because it was just yep. so much to But she's a share. lot. She yeah. is. Yeah. 
And before we start, um, for um, really acute listeners of this podcast, you may or may not have heard Maya interrupting just a couple of times there. So she is just on the other (laughs) side of the door. So just... There could be some little squeals and squeaks in the background and there's not a lot I can do about this at this point in time. She's been quiet for the better part of an hour. It's fine. Oh, gosh. We're keeping it real. You're a mum. You've got a kid. It's all good. Oh, it's just just funny because I know a friend of mine was listening to, actually it was turns out she's psychic. It was the episode that we released around Halloween. It was when Tracy was a guest of um, the Q stations and she did a tour. Yes. And my my was in, we edited her out, but there was one that we couldn't quite edit out. It was towards the end. It was about the last quarter. And her voice is quite clear on the microphone, but it was when we were talking about spooky stuff. And <laughs> um, one of my friends was listening to the podcast on the drive into work and she said, Maya's voice scared the shit out of me. I thought it was like some little <laughs> spirit girl coming through my speaker. And oh my god! There was another listener that was like, "I think I picked up on a girl's voice in the audio track." I was like, "Sorry." Oh, and then she went on to write on second uh, on second listen. I think it was your daughter. I was like, "Yeah, so sorry." She's freaked a few people out this episode, <laughs> but of all episodes, the, the Halloween spooky one. one, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> But back to Isis, amazing. And I just find it really interesting that she's been showing up for you too. That's just so, such a powerful goddess to have working with you right now. Mm, Incredible. Yeah, I need to definitely know more about her. So it's early days, but yeah. Yeah, but what a way to get started by paying tribute and getting to know her and sharing that with everyone, with our audience. It's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it. And no doubt oh, during pleasure. your downtime now you'll be able to dig into that more and feel it out and perhaps give us an update in the new year. I shall. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. And might. are we on to Divine Tool of the Week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have to go too far to realise what I wanted to talk about because it was actually something that was gifted to both of us when we both went recently and spent the day with Stacey DeMarco doing her workshop. Mm-hmm. And she took us through making the bath soak oh, using salt yes. and um, petals and essential oil and so we have been making some of our own with the girls for Christmas party gifts for her well for my daycare teachers for Lucy's friends and uh, vacation care teachers and stuff so we've been making bath bombs as well as bath salts oh beautiful so yeah I know right so we had all this stuff um so what Stacey did was she got a big, beautiful silver bowl and she said having it reflective is great because what you're going to do once you combine all your ingredients is you're going to stick it out in the sun. Uh, Sorry for our northern cousins. This is definitely a summer thing with respects to that, but anyone can make it, obviously, no matter where you are. And um, so, yeah, we got some salt rocks like the Himalayan pink salt rocks we got some magnesium flakes or Epsom salts as well we put we combined that Um, we had some roses um, out the front 
and we quite often collect their dried petals. So we did that. We went out there and it was my job to tear them all up. And then we also had some lavender flowers. I know Stacy also had some blue lotus flowers that she used mm. and some dried jasmine. So it's whatever you have handy. Um, and then we mixed it all together. I also put in for the bath bombs, I put in um, some melted coconut oil, so not the liquid, the solid one, but I melted it down to combine it and then obviously it'll solidify back for the bath bombs and it packed down to make a little mould. I use some, there's my, just so you know, everybody listening. <laughs> Um, so I used silicon moulds. I used um, some heart ones and some star ones oh, for beautiful. the bath bombs. Um, I also added citric acid, a little bit of corn flour. Um, that was the recipe that I used. Um, some essential oils and I used cedarwood, neroli and orange. Yum. Yeah, it smells amazing. Um, yeah, so with the bath bombs, we just I'll share the recipes with you to put on the social mm-hmm. media sites. Um, great. Yeah, so we just sort of packed them down into the molds and for the just the salt spread, we just put them in little jars. Oh, perfect. Nice. And I figured with, because for years we lived without a bath, so I often used to just have a foot soak and it was self-care and it was a beautiful way to still soak in the goodness and it was Mm. much more easier and time, um, you know, time efficient than running a full bath. But, you know, it's available to everybody. So, yeah, I don't know. Have you used, because I know you got, um, like I did, the bath salts. Have you had a bath with yours yet? I haven't yet. I'm waiting for the new moon that's coming up because I had my back tattoo piece finished and I I couldn't have a bath. Yes, Yes, you did. For those at home, I, yeah, I had a, a quite a large tattoo done um, up the side of my back of a beautiful uh, big black cockatoo with some Australian wildflowers. But, yeah, it was like oh, done over three sessions. So it was 12 hours all up. But, yeah, I had oh, the last session goodness. the last session done. So it's still healing, but I'm nearly there, I reckon, another few days and I'll be able yep. to have a bath. But, um, that makes but sense. Stacey's uh, salts just seem so special that I just want to wait yep. for the dark moon. I think that's mm. that's when I'll use them. She's mm. talking about that being one of her favourite times too. That was her favourite time of the moon cycle. Yeah, to have that cleansing. Yeah. To let go and release before the next day of calling in and manifesting. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Stacey also put olive um, leaves in from a, mm. like, fresh olive leaves. She crumpled them up and um, I don't have any, but I might get myself a little pot plant. Yeah, I might get myself a pot plant, yeah. like an olive one. Yeah, lovely. Incorporate that into it too. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I know, right? Mm. And I do have to say it was so nice when we did go to Stacey's um, workshop down in Sydney. We got to meet some of our beautiful listeners that were there. So that was amazing to see everyone face-to-face and to connect. And, yeah, and I'm sure it won't be the last time, but, yeah, it was just it was so nice. It's always good to meet people in person rather than virtually, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it was such a lovely surprise that people recognised our voices. I know. (laughs) It was so beautiful. I'm so glad you remembered to mention that because it really was such a little beautiful surprise on the day. It was. It's such a beautiful group of women. So it was, yeah. Yeah. The best yep. way to spend a Sunday. It was awesome. I know. Thank you, Stacey, for having yep. us there. We really enjoyed it. Truly did, in case you didn't, you know, gather that by now. I don't think we'd <laughs> stop talking about it. Gushing rather. But yeah, True. it was it was very special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it from me. Let us know how you go with your bath salts or bath or bath bombs. Yeah. And we will post the recipe that Laura yep. used. That sounds so amazing. Perfect idea for gifts. Absolutely. And you have virtually everything. I think I needed to buy more citric acid than what I had because you use quite a lot in that, especially for the bath bombs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But other than that, I had had everything, so it was good. Yeah. Rustle through your pantry. (laughs) That's it. All right. Well, we better let you get back to your baby girl that's sitting sitting behind you. Yeah, she is just... (laughs) pulling toys out and I keep putting my hand on the rustling uh plastic <laughs> hanging oh, monkeys I'm off to play board games everybody which that me sounds great I yeah. love that game <laughs> all right well thanks everyone Jen. please take care and we will be back with you for our final episode of 2022 next week yeah be party time bye everybody bye We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout out on the podcast There's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven.